What it comes down to when we're talking about yoga, it's all about managing your nervous system and self-regulating. And then you really start to realize what a workout that is. I mean, it's hot in there and you're holding poses and core strength. Mindfulness is a big part of going into battle. And if you're just thrust into these things and physically you're not ready for it, you're also mentally not ready for it. Welcome to Three Cops Talk. On this podcast, three active duty police officers discuss behind the scenes stories and real life accounts of what it's like to be a cop. Every episode, you'll get an inside look at the challenges and dangers they face on a daily basis, as well as the triumphs and inspirational moments that make it all worth it. If you want to understand more about the men and women who put their lives on the line for us every day, then this is the show for you. And now your hosts, Chris, Scott, and Sean. On today's episode, we're joined by a veteran police officer that has selflessly postponed her true retirement to help enhance first responder wellness and resiliency through the ancient practice of yoga. It's a great episode to help expand your mind and your fitness routine. If you have any ideas or topics for the show, please reach out to us at 3copstalk at gmail.com. That's the number 3copstalk at gmail.com. If you'd like to reach us through social media, our details are in the show notes. The views and opinions expressed in this episode belong solely to the hosts and do not represent the views of any professional organization. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. Heavy time, boys. Heavy times. I mean, this is crazy <laughs> as of late. I mean, like, a lot of stuff. Like stuff like We've been doing a lot of shows related to heavy, heavy topics. I mean, obviously, clearly the most recent thing is the thing with, with Memphis. We've been dealing with problems since, you know, 2020 with the rioting and all that other stuff. Retention, mm-hmm. hours, you know, morale, officer suicides are at an all-time high. You know, things that were all kind of consequences we're all dealing with perpetually. You know, and now the Chinese spy balloon. I'm like, what yeah. is up with yeah. this? Right. Like yeah. this added yeah. stress off the coast of South real. Carolina. That's like, for real. Yeah, it's just, I was like, the it, memes are the best. Yeah. I can't right. get enough right. of the memes. Right. They just they don't stop. You know, a lot of things were going on with that, and we wanted to kind of like get back to something that could center us all. And there are a right. lot of changes happening in law enforcement. Some of them are really, really good, and some of them are really, really bad. A lot of the traditional things that we did, like here, is men. It was a male-dominated profession, and we've talked about forever. The face of law enforcement looks so different. I mean, guys, correct me if I'm wrong on that. I mean. It used to be just all guys. Remember our agency, like the locker room for the men's was like this a spacious, big locker room. Right. And they built <laughs> right. this building in 1989. And the locker room for the females was like literally the size of no, yeah. no BS. Yeah, it was like eight lockers. It was yeah. like right. a broom closet. And, and they, <laughs> right. they were sharing it with like dispatchers and not even cops. Like it was, right. and, and everything it's in there. It looks like something out of like a, a 70s, like chained heat movie or something in there. I'm like, what is this? Right. You're holding the door. Like a- You're like, no, no, nobody's in the stalls. Go ahead. You go ahead. Yeah. yeah. But the times have changed and a lot, and a lot of it had to do with fitness and fitness for our guys was always lifting weights. Everything was about lifting weights, lifting mm-hmm. weights, lifting weights. And how many of those guys that we, you know, you'd come in there in the morning and remember those guys were always working out and they were bending bars and sniffing ammonia packets and all this other stuff and blowing their backs out and you're hobbling themselves on deadlifts. Like, and then your backs were terrible. Their shoulders like, yeah, man, I put up 450 the other day, but man, when I get off the desk and I stop doing light duty stuff, I'm going to really get out there and help you guys out. I can still do military press in this wheelchair. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And we're always looking for like some alternatives to fitness with this stuff. And, you know, our guest today is really going to take us through some really cool things. I read an article that she wrote and I was like, oh my God, we got to so get her on the show to talk with us about this. But I mean, as I've gotten older, I've taken up like a lot of different things fitness wise. And 
one of the ones that I always thought was like, I was afraid of it. Like I'm afraid of Harry Styles right now. I don't know why I'm afraid of Harry Styles, <laughs> oh, but I, I am very afraid reason. of Harry Styles. It's Harry Styles. <laughs> and when I first saw yoga, I was like, I don't, I don't know if I think I could do this. And it was really more like insecurities about like getting centered in my head. And I was like, I don't really want to go in there. I really, I, I don't think anybody wants to go in yeah, there. That's but- the difference between us. I watch yoga for like soft <laughs> porn. But go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, they did give us yoga pants. And I'll give you that. And there's some good and bad. Like, what do I gain? Yeah. What do I lose? Yeah. And I did get yeah. that. But I started to do some yoga and I initially did it through a uh, plug here through Beachbody. And I was like, I can't do this for an hour. It was an hour and a half long. On a sheet of plywood in your basement. Right, too. exactly. A, and, a, and, and it was like, in yoga it's uncomfortable. Cool music, but I was like, hey, you know, that cool music would freak me out because that was like the most loathed workout of the entire, uh, it was like P90X. It was really, mm-hmm. you know, a peach body thing. And the yoga thing was brutal. It was brutal. <laughs> You did it in mm-hmm. Vegas, bro, on my 40th birthday. You're like, I can't go out now. I'm like, oh, okay. I can't move. <laughs> it's really grown. It's growing in our world, and it should continue to grow in our world because there's so much to it that we don't understand. And, like, uh, you know, we're, like, again, the, the chimps jumping around the monolith. We're very frightened by it. <laughs> but in the same sense, it's very good for us probably in the long run. So, you know, Scott, you're an avid practitioner of it. I know that. Scott uh, used to tell me that. And, uh, you know, beyond Chris telling us that he's going to an air supply concert. <laughs> I missed it, by the way. I couldn't go because my Frankenhan. Oh, Frankenfinger. Because yeah, <laughs> of my Frankenfinger. Frankenfinger. Franken you weren't allowed in the concert? Why didn't you just put an oven mitt or something on over? I am not a Frankenstein. I'm a Frankenstein. Hey, Scooter. You're our in-house yogi. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience with the ancient art of yoga? It's been good. Like, uh, you know, we started also as a couple, we, we were doing it for a long time and it was a class that we did one where there's some weights and stuff like that. You used just some light weights. And that was the first kind that we did. And then we went on to another place and go there for a long time. Um, I haven't been in a while, but yeah, there's that whole like male anxiety of I'm going into a yoga class and it's, again, it's, the, I've seen a lot more guys in the the place where I started going, but it was definitely a, a female dominated environment, you know? And so you come in there, so there's that whole thing. And, and these women, they have like outfits and they've got all their stuffs all squared away. And I'm, you know, the first time I come in, I'm like the guy that came in with the Bud Light beach towel that I got free when I right, right, signed right. up for a credit card. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, like you can't have a Spuds McKenzie towel in here. And then, <laughs> And then the you, rough macho <laughs> right? And then like for the guy, what do you wear? You know, I'm wearing like workout, you know, it's like target workout shorts. And then, you know, so it's, it's that whole thing. It, but then once I got in there, the instructor was really nice. It's calm. And then you really start to realize what a workout that is. I mean, it's hot in there and you're doing all this stuff and you're holding poses and core strength and all that. And actually the more I was doing it, I started to realize like I run a lot and I noticed that I didn't get as tired running and just some of those other types of things and the mental health. And I'm sure our guest is going to touch on that too, is the the mental health aspect of it. Just a time to get away and like just some quiet time to do that and kind of little self-reflection time never hurts too, especially in our profession. So I'm, I'm all for it. 
Well, our guest today is a seasoned law enforcement officer with nearly 25 years of experience. She's a retired detective and spent a majority of her careers working persons crimes. Her area of expertise is officer wellness, and she is a certified yoga instructor, health coach, and podcast host. Folks, please welcome none other than Wendy Hummel. Thank you. Namaste. So, Wendy, you could uh, tell us a little bit about yourself professionally. Let us know a little bit about you and then how you got into this and, you know, where you're at. And then we'll kind of get into your article, which was really a great one. Well, thank you, Sean. First of all, thank you very much for uh, having me on your show. You guys are cracking me up. So I hope I can maintain like my dialogue without, without laughing. This has been very entertaining so far. Uh, but I, the article you were referring to is from effective fitness. And I wrote that, I think it was about a month ago now, mm-hmm. but, uh, I, so I guess I'll just start from the beginning. I, I was a cop for about 21 years before I retired at the age of 50 from the Wichita police department. I retired nice. as a detective, but before that I actually started my career a lot of people say this is kind of reverse. I was a federal law enforcement officer before okay. I went local. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, a lot of times people start out local and yeah, they go it's the federal. other way, right? right. Yeah. I, I did the opposite. So I, I went to graduate school in Miami at Florida International University. I got my my master's in criminal justice and I did an internship while I was there. And so back then, back in the day, it was INS, Immigration Naturalization yeah. Service. I was a special agent. Oh. And when I was at the academy at Fletzy, I met my husband. And my husband is, and I was, I'm originally from the East Coast. So I was planning to work in New York for my career and kind of settle back on the East Coast from from Florida when I met him. And, that, and everything got derailed. It was a good thing, but not what I had planned, right? <laughs> right, right. Uh, and, and quite honestly, I had never, I had always wanted to be a local cop. And I let my, you know, I kind of let money and, you know, I thought it was more professional to go work on the federal level. So that's what mm-hmm. I did for a few years. And I didn't really love the job with INS, you know, really, to be honest. I, it mm-hmm. wasn't the work I really wanted to be doing. I wanted to be a street cop. My grandfather was an NYPD cop for 10 years. Oh, wow. And it was just something I felt really, you know, driven and motivated to do. That's great. So I did. I quit, uh, made my husband a deal. I'm like, I'll move from New York to Kansas if you keep your job. Cause I knew enough then that, that feds make decent money and they have decent retirement. So mm-hmm. that was one thing I, I knew. Uh, so I did, I moved to the East coast, which I live in Wichita, Kansas, and I never planned to stay here. And I did. And we're still here 25 years later. So yeah. oh, good for you. Well, yeah. That's great stuff. It, there's no uh, ocean there, though, from what I understand. There's no ocean. <laughs> there's okay. no mountains. So, see, there's right. good things and bad things. But right. It, right. it's really been such a great place to have my career and to raise a family. So with both of us being in law enforcement, and I don't know about you gentlemen, but having, I think one of you mentioned that you're married or were married to somebody who was in law enforcement, there's a unique dynamic when both people are in law enforcement. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. a really special, you don't really realize it when you're in it, but uh, it was pretty hectic for a long, long time. So for many reasons, our family kind of got delayed. So, um, but, and so we ended up deciding to just stay here and we ended up retiring here. And my career mostly consisted of being a detective, which was really my, my dream. I never had any aspirations to become a supervisor. I knew early on, like, so I'm going to date myself here. Uh, I, uh, I grew up with Charlie's Angels, OG, Charlie's Angels, right? You're among friends. You're among friends here. 
Good morning, angels. Good morning, Charlie. But in all seriousness, like at a young age, I knew I wanted to be a detective. And so I was able to, you know, live my my childhood dream. And it was great. I mean, I worked gang and sex crimes and I mm. wouldn't trade it for the world. It was all persons right. crimes. Yeah. But it was a very difficult job too. Oh and yeah, it's stressful. Right. I know that you all know this. So, you know, and back 25 years ago, we didn't talk about these things in the academy, right? We didn't talk no. about any of this. So I kind of just kept quiet when things started to bother me. And for personal reasons, I started to really need to get help for myself mentally, physically, emotionally. I started to struggle a little bit and I had my husband and thank goodness for him because he was kind of my rock through a lot of difficult cases and times. And uh, so I found yoga when I was about 40. So I'm about 54. Well, I'm not about 54. I am. (laughs) (laughs) There's no about it. Uh, So so about 15 years ago, I found it. And I kind of wish I would have found it before that. But but it was because I wanted to lose baby weight. You know, I'm very type A when it came to getting up early, hitting the gym, you mm. know, doing doing everything like that, even though I didn't have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was this new thing in my town, try hot yoga. So I thought this is a really great way to sweat and, and lose weight. So 15 years ago is how I started with all of this. And really unbeknownst to me, what I got out of it was a lot more than I had planned. It started to help in other areas of my life. I mean, the baby weight came off eventually mm-hmm. too, but but there were a lot of other benefits from, from going to yoga. And that's kind of what started me down this whole rabbit hole. As I covered in your bio, you're an instructor. Now, were you instructing while you were on the job or is that something you've done since you've retired? Yes. So in 2016, I decided to become a yoga teacher just on my own. I went through a regular uh, 200 hour. So this is how how yoga instructing school goes. 200 hour uh, took about six months. And then about halfway through that, because I just wanted to learn more about yoga, Mm -hmm. I never planned to teach. I just wanted to learn more for myself. But then as I started to learn more, and then I found a program, um, because one day I was like, well, if this is helping me so much, maybe the other people I work with need to try this too. It like kind of dawned on me. So I just Googled cops and yoga, and I just came up with a program called Yoga for First Responders. And now fast forward, you know, it's seven years later, I think there's a lot of other programs out there, Mm -hmm. but that was the only one I found at the time. And uh, I went through, they had a six day train the trainer in Kansas city. It was like, it was meant to be. So the summer of 2016, I went through that training and I knew that I was going to go no matter what, but I hit my bosses up at the time with the police department. I said, Hey, there's this really great training. Here's all the benefits. And they're like, they paid for me to go. And they said, when you come back, I know I was kind of surprised because 2016, this was new. So, uh, but the people that were in charge of making those decisions at the time were, they, they understood the benefit of it. So I really, I mean, a big kind of takeaway in listening to all of this is it really kind of depends on the leadership and decision makers understanding the benefits. Sure. So I, so I guess I did a good enough job in explaining what that might be. So, so as soon as I got back, I started teaching to recruits and to agency members. And as you can imagine, when I first started introducing yoga at the police department, 
what oh, the response might have been. Uh, yeah. <laughs> please, uh, please elaborate. We can relate. The four can of I, us can completely can I relate. My sandwich with me. <laughs> sandwich with me. Where are the donuts? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's doing yoga in black Bates duty boots? Yeah, and there's still a lot of people that that make comments like that, but it's much different. Seven years, you know. In you know, fast forward. So, so yeah, it was slow going at first, but, but the people who did come and this is kind of going back to, you mentioned credibility, uh, because people knew me, I, mm-hmm. I really think this helped. Uh, and I'm not saying people from the outside can't come into an agency and establish trust because it happens. Mm-hmm. I, I know of people that are doing that, but in my case, I was already there. People knew me, they worked with me. And I just said, just come one time. Cause sometimes just like getting people there, that was really yeah. all it took. Right. Yeah. That's the big, that's the first hurdle yeah. sometimes just that. Exactly. So that's how it started. And really, I haven't stopped teaching yoga to cops or other first responders since 2016. At the same, your same agency or other departments too? So I retired from the Wichita Police Department and I taught yoga up until I retired and I unretired a month later. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I retired as a cop and then I yeah. got hired by a sheriff's office in the in my town and I am a wellness coordinator, which was oh, nice. a really created position. So the, the, the story with that is that the sheriff, um, of it's Sedgwick County Sheriff's office was previously a police officer with the agency that I retired from. And he, he saw the value in creating a wellness program for his agency. So a very small piece of that really is yoga, but, but it's something that I still do in my role at the sheriff's office. So I'll teach about eight to 10 classes, per recruit class. And then I will also offer classes to agency members who want to come. It was weekly, but um, some of my responsibilities have kind of built up. So we don't do it quite as often, but I still offer it. You're the victim of your own success there. Right, right. Right. I don't know how yoga got off to such a bad start in the United States, but I'm sure there's a lot of things that happen around the world and they're just look, they look at the Americans and they go, why do they do, why do they do that? you know, like they're fascinated with the guns and they don't like yoga. Like, what's the deal? <laughs> right, you know? um, right. They have but, so much in common. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. And the, uh, the, the, the thing to me that I, I really liked about the article was how you kind of put it in perspective to like a knucklehead like me, like, like I was doing it. And I was like, yeah, this is really, really hard. And like everything else that's really hard. I usually go right back to it right away immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, this is difficult. So therefore, I'm going to keep doing it. No, I don't do that. I'm like, I'm going to do what I'm really good at. Like, I was a runner. I like to run. I would go out and run and run and run. But at a certain point, your body just can't take running anymore. It's just it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you post 50, your joints don't hold it. You just don't like it anymore. There's a reason that they literally, you could walk it backwards and still pass the mile and a half when you're 55 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I thought to myself, if I had been doing maybe some other things all along to Scott's point, maybe that would be better. Can you hit on those five points from your article about how how it's so valuable to our work. Yeah, of course. So just to kind of build on what you said, I actually started for a very similar reason. Besides the baby weight, I was an avid runner too. I'd done my first half marathon and in my early 40s, probably about 43, um, I was doing yoga, but still running a lot. But I got really, I had a lot of issues, shin splints, plantar Mm -hmm. fasciitis. I would limp when I was walking, but I'd still be going out and running. That's how stubborn <laughs> right, I was. Exactly. Yeah. So Nothing finally, I, up and running out. Right. Yeah. So finally, I gave it up, and then really, just that's really when I took a deep dive into yoga. So um, that's really what got me thinking. Like maybe if I would have been doing something like this mm-hmm. 
earlier on, maybe this wouldn't have happened. I don't know, right. because one of the things, and this really wasn't a piece of what I wrote in the article, because there really are so many benefits to a yoga practice that I could really have, have written probably at least 25 things. Mm. But to your point, it's injury prevention, which, you know, you can't just do one yoga class and expect, you know, magic to happen. It's something mm. that obviously, like everything else, has to be done regularly. But a regular yoga practice can really help with injury. And you guys know better than I do, a lot of us get hurt on, in this profession. And we have shoulder injuries, back injuries, knee injuries. And because of the fact that we don't really train those smaller stabilizing muscles, and we also don't move in these different planes of movement, like we work, we run, we bike, we lift, which is linear and up and down, mm -hmm. but we need to train the way we move, right? right? Side to side, laterally, twisting. And yoga isn't the only thing that you can do. To, to touch on that, you know, there's martial arts, there's CrossFit, uh, but yoga is a, a really great way to do that as far as the the physical, like a good physical reason to, to do yoga, if that's something that is of interest to you. Mm -hmm. And then in the article, I talked about the first thing that you mentioned, which, you know, you guys were kidding around at first about yoga pants and you know, <laughs> what most women, you know, most women are the ones that practice yoga. And that's, that's what a lot of people think when I start, right. when I start teaching yoga to, to cops, it's mostly guys that are in the academy still. Right. Um, yeah. In fact, you know, unfortunately it might've gone up a little bit, when I started my career, only 12 to 14% of women were in law enforcement and the numbers haven't really gone up that much, um, which is, you know, which is something to consider, you know, so mm -hmm. I still am mostly teaching yoga to men, at least here at the agency I work at. And so the important thing I like to tell the guys is that yoga actually really wasn't intended for women at all. And this is something I put in the article and I put it first so people understand that the whole original intention for yoga was for warriors who were getting ready to go to battle mm -hmm. and women weren't even allowed to do it. And um, so and the idea was for, you know, the whole integration between mind and body. So mm -hmm. to be skilled in action and non-action and to mentally and physically prepare them. So that's the first thing I think is important to know is that, um, that it really originally was for men. And so it is kind of a warrior practice, really not that far off from other martial arts. Cause I know a lot of cops do jujitsu and other yeah. martial mm -hmm. arts. So I think mm -hmm. it's, it's really not that far off. Well, the only stretching I do is for a dirty martini when the, <laughs> on the other side of the table. That's about as far as I go yeah, stretching right. for the warrior. Our very own Don Draper, right. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Right. Well, Wendy actually just pointed something of her first here on the show that actually has never happened in law enforcement where women have actually appropriated something for men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I, I'm offended. I'm offended. No, I'm like, but that's yeah. great. I mean, you think about it. Like, I wonder, Wendy, in the long run, too, you'll probably get into some of the other points. But in thinking about that and some of the issues that we have with PTS, like mm -hmm. mindfulness is a big part of going into battle. And if you're just thrust into these things and physically you're not ready for it, you're also mentally not ready for it. Mm -hmm. I imagine something like this can kind of help you with that, that, that idea of like how to learn to decompress through fitness. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because what's interesting is I noticed that like language, is really important. Like how you talk to people about yoga and mindfulness, sometimes those words in and of themselves, they're just, they, they turn people off still mm -hmm. to this day. I know you yeah. hear them more. 
So, but you know, what's funny is like you listen to the things that people are saying in the police world, like the guys that, you know, are range masters, the people who teach DT. I was a DT instructor for five years at the police department. Mm-hmm. We're saying the same thing. We're using right. different language. Being yeah. mindful is is being tactical, is being, you know, when you're self-aware, you're better situationally aware. And so the skills you learn in yoga completely relate and are built for the kind of work that we do. I think it's just a matter of when it's at least with our population, it's the way you explain it. You know, right. I can't use certain language. You guys were joking around about, you know. Namaste. I will not say namaste. We don't talk like that when I teach yoga to cops. It's the yoga hua. Like that's, you just don't say it. Like you don't say it. Although it's sad, it's not sad. Yeah. Right. But I mean, the point too of the building the better brain was what kind of Mm -hmm. was leading me to the, to this next part. I was like, I never made that association. All I thought was like, Mm -hmm. man, this is really hard and I'm really fatigued and I really feel that I can't do well with it. But talk a little bit about that, like how you're building a better brain and how that can help us. Yeah. So whenever I talk about either yoga or mindfulness and meditation, um, which are all things that kind of get wrapped up into your yoga class, depending on how you, you know, how you look at it, is that I like to describe it as it's like mental pushups. You know, you're doing, you're physically Mm -hmm. doing work too. Don't get me wrong, especially when you're doing a lot of planks and things like that. But that's exactly it. I mean, everybody knows the feeling of maybe you don't want to necessarily work out or move your body, but most of us, I'm saying most, because maybe not everyone, most <laughs> right. of us feel better after we move our body. Right. And there's a reason for that. It's these neurotransmitters that are being released. And so with yoga, you know, now we have research and evidence to back up the things that if you do it, you feel it, you know it. But now we can actually say, and this is what's important, I think, to cops, because everybody wants to know, well, why are we doing this? How is this going to help me in my job? And so now we have studies that are showing, here's some evidence, here's some research that backs up why this is beneficial. Mm -hmm. And so you mentioned, I mean, there are studies that are done that help um, the brain function in the front part of our brain, our prefrontal cortex. Um, There are studies that have been done too, long-term studies um, to show that there's less gray matter in the amygdala, which is that fight or flight part of our brain that could be associated with with PTS uh, and that overactivation of the sympathetic nervous system and more gray matter in that prefrontal cortex. So that's just one one benefit, but but you really you are building a better brain when you're practicing yoga and to build on that, mindfulness and and even meditation, which I know we're not necessarily specifically talking about that, but all of that can be part of your yoga practice. It just kind of- I I noticed that too from like, you know, again, I would, I didn't start running because I really loved running. I did it because I just wanted to stay fit and I had really high cholesterol (laughs) and, but I would get the, I would get some of those mental benefits out of the running, like what we're talking about with with yoga, I, you know, you'd go out, you'd run, it's just time to focus, whether you're listening to music or whatever you're doing, or you're just running, looking at, you know, things going by. And then you come back and it was just some time to kind of get away and relieve some of that stress. And I, I, I noticed from doing this, that it, I was getting that same kind of thing from, it's a different, you know, it's, it's a different physical thing that you're doing, but I was still getting some of the same benefits of that. Like I felt from, from doing that. 
Yeah. And one thing I want to say is that, you know, I realize not everybody wants to, to try yoga and I'm not, I'm not going to try to convince somebody to do it if they're against it or if it's not for them, but you can apply the mindfulness practices to really any kind of fitness activity that you're doing if, if mm-hmm. yoga isn't your thing. Yeah. But I think too, like, like you said earlier, it's, it's, it's how it's portrayed because I mean, mm-hmm. my first introduction was yoga. So there was a medical call and, and, uh, and we used to have a hot yoga place where we used to work and I'm, mm-hmm. and I'm in, and I go there. And I'm like, this is just so uncomfortable just standing here. Like, how could you like, <laughs> like, seriously, like, why would you want to come do this for you for, you know, why would you want to come here and, and have, have somebody, you know, tell you that you have to, you know, take your elbow and put it in your ear and it's like 900 <laughs> degrees. But I, I just, I just think it's just, it's really the fact of, it's just not, it's just not communicated well. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, what oh, the I would benefits agree. Are. Yeah. And, you know, too, one of the things about, the yoga practice that I kind of impart, especially when I'm teaching the recruits is you've got to get over your ego. Um, I know that's not something that we deal with a lot in our profession, but um, ego is a big part of what can get in our way. And it's a really good lesson to apply in the yoga class, but also what happens outside of the yoga class, because you're going to have to modify, adapt, accept that you're not going to be able to do everything at first and, and kind of just be there. Yeah, a little, a I mean, a little bit of humility, like you go yeah. in there and when you're, when you come in new to one, to one of those classes and you're in there with people that have been there for a while <laughs> right. and you're falling yeah. over and right. like smearing your forehead across the ground, you know, like you, you, you think you look stupid and I can, I can understand where some people are probably like, this is dumb. I'm not do I can't do this. I'm not doing this. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like learning anything else, but there's definitely part of that where you're in front of all these other people and it's supposed to be this calm, serene environment. And you're the knucklehead who's like, you know, falls into the mirror and everybody's turning around and looking at you. So I've been there, I get it, but you know, that's, that's once you get past that, it's, it's okay. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, We were able to hit now the, the, the third and fourth points, which you talked about, which were the improved mood and it built resilience, which is obviously resilience is the buzzword in law enforcement. Now. Yeah. Like you ask somebody to find resilience and they're like, I don't really know what it is. But for us, mostly that's going to come in the form of like Scott talked about, hey, I have to do something physical on the in front of the world, basically on body camera in front of people that are watching me fight. I'm dealing with a situation. There's this assumption that I can handle myself. And so many people would maybe retreat from that opportunity. And then when they had to do it, would overcompensate for that. So like yoga is this, this centering thing that can kind of help you with that process. So, I mean, it was great that you were able to tell us about those, those, those aspects of it. Cause there's so many people like, when would I ever put this into practice? It's just like, well, when would you lay down on a bench and take a bar and put 350 pounds on it and bench it completely up off your chest one time and set it back down in a fight? Never. You would never do that. When would I run a mile and a half and expect to be ready to fight when I got there? Well, it tests this and it tests that. When would I sit up 50 times in a minute? Like, you know what I mean? Like where huh? yoga is like, when would I have to contort myself when I was lying on the ground fighting with somebody or better yet, I have to go from sitting in a squad car for six hours. And then all of a sudden somebody takes off in flight and I yeah. got to chase them Jumping and out of the seat like, and, and I'm torquing yeah. with 30 extra right. pounds of gear on me. You know what I mean? This is where yoga makes perfect sense for all that mm-hmm. stuff. And resiliency comes in the fact is that I could do this and that, Hey, I caught the guy, but Oh, by the way, I blew my knee out or I blew my back out. And now, mm-hmm. although I did catch that guy and he was like, Hey, great job. Oh yeah. I'm going to be sitting on the desk for, you know, or doing, paperwork or things that I don't want to be doing. And at this time, resiliency matters because if I'm down, 
I have a squad of guys that now rely on me and we're not getting anybody back behind us as we've talked about numerous times in the show. And our forms of fitness are very important to that. So I hope like with what Wendy's saying, people are listening to the show and going, maybe we should introduce this from the get-go at the academy level or preparing yourself to become a cop should be, you know, practicing yoga because it's way more in tune. And it's like, it is kind of a, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like it's a little bit more of a one size fits all. Yeah. So I, knowing what I know about it, obviously, the one thing I tell people up front is that there's really no better way to integrate your mental, emotional, and physical health. And actually, it's not only does it help to build and train you to be resilient, it also helps you to perform better at work and really in your life overall. Because like you mentioned, Sean, you know, you're working on your proprioceptive awareness, which we need because we need to be able to access all the tools on our tool belt. So you're becoming more aware of where your body is in space and time when you're practicing yoga. So you know where your asp is or your taser is or where your gun is, right? Sometimes we, right. you know, we yeah. need to know where everything is at. Right. right. So it's important to train proprioception. And I know we do that in our other DT, you know, depending on what agency you are and how you train, but this is just another way to do it. And it just becomes something that when I'm, when I'm teaching the recruits, one of the things that I impart on them, we will actually do scenario drills with the recruits. This isn't something I do in a regular yoga class, but this is what I do with the recruits. And you show them, okay, this is what happens when your nervous system is activated or you're triggered. We all know that word. And so mm. they're physically experiencing what's happening in their body. For example, like in a plank pose that you start to shake, your nervous system gets activated. What, where does your mind go? What are, what are you thinking? And so teaching them to apply the tools of tactical breathing, proprioceptive awareness so that they know what it's like so that when that happens for real out on the street or, or in another scenario, they've been there before. And so they're like, oh, I can practice my breathing. I can do this. So, mm -hmm. so there's a lot of crossover and we try to make it or I, at least I try to make it as relevant as I can to say this is why we're teaching you yoga so that you can perform better and you understand kind of how you respond. Cause we all know that each of us is going to respond a little bit differently in different situations. Mm -hmm. One of the final points here that you talked about in the article is a thing I found interesting called habit stacking. Can you yeah. explain that and how yoga fits into that? Sure. Well, and really any good habit could really take the place of the yoga, but I used it because that's, that's how I, how I use it. So habit stacking is something I learned. I I'm a health coach and I learned habit psychology in my training. There's a really great book called atomic habits by James clear. And Love so the, that book. I, did you read it? Oh yeah. Yeah. I have it on audio too. Love yeah, that book. It's anyway, so good. Keeps it so by the drink cart. He can just press play. <laughs> what else do you read while you're drinking a dirty martini? But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Atomic uh, habits. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Um, but it's this idea. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I used to be like the failure of like the New Year's resolution. Like, I'd have oh January first, I'm going to do all this great stuff and change these. This I've, habit. I've never had that happen ever. Look at yoga different Scott. <laughs> yeah, look, it got me through those New Year's resolutions. Yeah, but the but the idea of habit stacking is is kind of capitalizing on something that you're already doing that's positive. Like that's kind of a you know 
it's not something that's negative, but it's a positive habit. So you're mm-hmm. already doing something, whatever that something is. Maybe it's you wake up and you drink a glass of water or, you know, for me, if you wake up, you move your body, you wake up, you, you know, some people might pray or meditate or hang out with their dog, go for a walk. So whatever it is, the new thing that you want to add in is to stack it or tag it on to something that you're already doing. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of that habit psychology and don't overdo it either. It's like this idea of the small incremental change. Like even if you, let's say you want to start to do a yoga practice, you just don't even like tell yourself you're going to do an hour. Maybe you're just going to do five minutes, but do Mm -hmm. it before you brush your teeth, before you drink a glass of water, after whatever that already established habit that you have is just taking advantage of those neural pathways that have already been kind of created and using that to your advantage. So it's great stuff. That's great. Yeah. I, I appreciate uh, that synopsis, the Cliff Notes version of the article mm-hmm. for us there, because that's uh, what I was exactly looking for for folks to listen to the show and, you know, start to look at some different things. It's like we've got a lot of things coming down on us, and we go back to the mm-hmm. same old, same old in our work all the time practice, right. pattern, and practice. And, 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 I, and I felt like, hey, we've got to really start mixing things up a whole lot more. One last question that I have for you. Uh, we started stupid, so I figure we'll end stupid. Yeah. Uh, when I told people okay. yeah. we were doing this podcast, <laughs> I was like, well, you know, I ask people like that I work with or people around me, like, what question would you ask a yoga instructor? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Most people, I'm not kidding here. You know where I'm going with this, Wendy. Um, I know, is I know. the fear of flatulence storing a class. I mean, it's like really quiet. There's that like new age music playing and mm-hmm. water trickling. Diffuser's going. And diffuser's going and you're smelling Heather and chamomile and all this other stuff. And then Lemon just lavender. Somebody, and then somebody just rips one. How do you keep a class together? Because you're talking about, look, listen, look, we're all, all, except for Scott, we're over 50 and we're still laughing about farts. I mean, like, how do you keep a class together on that? I mean, how, does it, is it real or is it just... It's you know, it if we were there. <laughs> Or is it a myth? Okay, so before I answer that, I am going to answer that. Was there a block of training this in the 200 hours that you attended? (laughs) She is a subject matter expert on this. It was on the job. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, it's definitely a concern. It's a concern. It's definitely a concern. People have asked me that. They're like, Wendy, I want to do it, but I'm afraid I'm going to fart. And I'm like, yeah, you might. You might. Right. So... Who's that guy eating a handful of gas sex in the parking lot? Yes, it has happened. It's happened multiple times when I've been in class, when I've taught class. I had a guy one time that I worked with. He fell asleep and snored, but he was also farting while he was doing <laughs> And the rest of us, it was, it was a great entertainment. So it, de- it definitely happened. You don't think that guy laid on his face over in the corner. <laughs> I would not wake him up and then just finish the class and, and leave. leave him. Right, like leave him. <laughs> well, it doesn't happen a lot, but it happens. Well, you know, it's one of those uncomfortable subjects that we, you know, you just got to get it out there. Just tear that date off. So, we, and we're a big believer on this podcast of getting to the truth and not <laughs> avoiding the elephant in the room. And you handle that like a pro, like seriously, Where folks. Where you go, Wendy? Hey, she oh, yeah. just totally took that role in because, like, <laughs> she, I mean, seriously, she has dealt with probably the most adolescent group of people ever to, yeah. to call themselves professional and ask cops. Like you introduce <laughs> something like that to a group of cops and that you're going to have to, yeah, like, how do I get this? Call. She had to call out the riot team to get us back right. in control to right. like, yeah. get into yoga. So right. one quick thing that I do want to say though, is, you know, 
we we didn't really touch on this necessarily, but what it comes down to when we're talking about yoga, it's all about managing your nervous system and self-regulating. Mm-hmm. You know, we all know uh, as people and human beings, but as cops, if we can get our nervous system and our self-regulation in check, that's probably the most important takeaway I can really impart on anybody listening. You can do yoga without moving your body. You can, you know, a big part of a yoga practice is the breathing Mm -hmm. and that's the way you can directly access your nervous system and self-regulate. So I want to make sure I say that because that's probably the most important thing I think that cops get out of the classes that I teach because I've heard that. In fact, let me share a quick story with you and I'll tell you about my podcast. When I first started to teach yoga at the agency I retired from, I walked some guys, um, through a three-part breath exercise or tactical breathing. Two weeks later, one of them was in shooting and he had practiced this breathing technique a little bit, had never done it before. And he told me, he goes, you know, I want to let you know that because of that particular yoga practice, that helped me perform better when he was in the shooting. You know, Hmm. nobody, I mean, he still had to, he still had to to go through it. Obviously it was a car chase and he was a little extra bit. Yeah. Because we all know, like, you know, you've probably been in it yourself or you've heard people on the radio when you you don't breathe, you're not in charge of, you know, you're not really regulating your nervous system. It happens to the best of us, the adrenaline, Mm -hmm. that hormonal dump. Um, And if you don't know how to, you haven't trained yourself on how to manage that. When it happens, you're not going to be able to perform at that level unless you've already been there. So that's probably the number one thing that I would would talk to people about is the breath work. Yeah. Um, as far as is really the thing that I would I would say is is probably the most important. We can't thank you enough for coming out and talking with us today. Um, we generally give you a chance to plug your stuff here at the end. So if you could take us through where people can get a hold of you, some of the, the resources that you have in your podcast. Yeah, I have a podcast, Guns and Yoga, Go Figure, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's I've had it for about two years, and it's like definitely um, a family affair. My husband, who's retired law enforcement, um, he does all the tech, and I do all the talking. Yeah, you know, good stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Well, like, well, well, best of luck with that and all the yoga practice. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yep. I would love to come on your show and you try and teach me because I am probably the okay. worst person. Like I can't relax. Like we go to like my no. wife tried to take us to, ah, she tried to take us yeah, to it's a, not a, true at all, folks. a couple, a <laughs> couple's massage. And as soon as the guy went to go put the, put the towel over my, I'm like, no, I'm out. I'll see you at the Chris bar. is actually more nah, tense yeah. after a massage than before <laughs> yeah, right. it. I, yeah. I feel like the massage holding the calculator. Yeah. <laughs> Wendy, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Wendy. And everybody, please go listen to Wendy's podcast, subscribe to it, download it, and leave a rating review for her to help her out. Because really, like we started this off, all kidding aside, we are in troubling times right now as, as police officers, and we really need different ways to maintain our uh, physical and emotional stability so we can help you um, and we can help each other. So thank you so much, Wendy. Please go to where you get your podcast, download, get Wendy's podcast, get our podcast, Three Cops Talk. Uh, leave us an email, threecopstalk at gmail.com and leave a rating review and let your friends know so we can make this world a better place. Thank you.